Let's get back to the history of boxing equipment, because when it comes down to learning about our roots, there's always more to explore. With this episode, we're going into round six of our Boxing Equipment History podcast, and it looks like they're among the most popular topics. So let's go back in time and talk about inswells. Even though there were some rough versions like chilled solid half-dollar coins or empty tuna cans filled with water and then frozen, the current-day inswell wasn't widely used or recognized before 1981. Then it took center stage at Caesars Palace and played a pivotal role in the showdown between Sugar Ray Leonard versus Thomas Hitman Hearns. The introduction of this more advanced design couldn't have come along at a more opportune time. Prior to that monumental fight, Leonard's trainer, Angelo Dundee, had been introduced to New Jersey physician, Dr. Michael Sabia. As fate would have it, Sabia was also a big boxing fan and had been developing a tool to help slow swelling and subdue bruising. He gave what he called an inswell to Dundee as a gift. The inswell was basically a three inch by half inch thick piece of metal to be placed in the freezer or in an ice bucket to retain his chilled temperature. Dundee hadn't given it much thought until the end of the fifth round when Leonard returned to the corner with his left eye noticeably swelling, beginning to swell shut. Dundee then remembered that he had packed this new gift between two ice bags to try it out in the event he would need it. With the assistance of the inswell, which he used between every round from then on, Dundee was able to keep the swelling under control and get Leonard to the 14th round when Leonard rallied from behind and stopped Hearns by TKO. Today, various types of inswells, or no-swells as some are called, come in different shapes, sizes, and have easy-to-grip handles. Some models can even be filled with ice or frozen with water inside to remain colder for longer periods of time. They become a standard tool for any corner man or cut man, and just as in Leonard's case, can actually make or break a fighter's chance to see the next round. I'm not sure if this next piece would typically fall into the boxing equipment category, but we sell round cards, so that's close enough for me to talk about the history of ring card girls. Not surprisingly, the tradition of having a ring card girl originated in Las Vegas. The boxing capital of the world is also called Sin City, so I guess that makes sense, right? Promoter Bill Miller came up with the idea of incorporating scantily clad women in order to draw attention and add some entertainment value and to create a diversion away from the brutality of the event. His weekly Tuesday night shows at the Hacienda Hotel, located on the Strip, were frequented by famous celebrities, including Jerry Lewis, Milton Berle, Joe Lewis, Billy Kahn, and countless others. After The Ring magazine featured the weekly Las Vegas fight cards, complete with pictures, in their May 1965 issue, the practice of having girls present round cards between rounds took off, and fight promotions around the country adopted the practice into their events. You know, if you think about it, it's a little surprising that this tradition is still around. Our awareness of objectifying women, the swimsuit competition in Miss America pageants being taken out, and just considering our, our ultra-sensitive society today, you'd figure this would be on someone's hit list to kill or cancel. In any case, it lives on and probably still achieves some of its original intent. Our final topic today falls into the, wow, I had no idea this existed that long ago category. Maybe we can attribute that to the internet, information being more readily available, and the widespread awareness that comes from all that. But in any case, the proverbial cat is out of the bag, and we're sharing it. Both the information and the actual training tool you can use. Fighters are always looking for drills and tools to improve their reflexes. It usually involves the development of reaction time, speed, and eye-hand coordination. 
This comes in all sorts of packages and practices, but one of the most popular today is the reflex ball. I think Vasily Lomachenko really brought this to everyone's attention again because he and his camp have always been known for their focus on using this type of physical cognitive training as a part of their routines. To break it down for both audio and visual purposes, the simple version is an elastic cord attached to a baseball cap. One end is tied to the cap and a rubber ball or tennis ball is connected to the other end. Our version is a little bit more advanced with an adjustable nylon head strap along with various size foam rubber ball targets that increase or decrease the level of difficulty. Regardless if you thought this was a new invention or not, guess again. Well before Lomo, there's an image of Nipper Pat Daly using a version of this exact tool. Not only was he ahead of his time, he's also the youngest boxer in history to turn professional at just nine years old. He was born in the United Kingdom on February 17, 1913, and made his professional debut on January 1, 1923. He was also the youngest fighter to ever be ranked in Ring Magazine's top 10 at just 16 years old. You may not be able to get a jump on that record, but with the right tools, you can still have the reflexes of a kid. You know, just when you think you're living in a technologically advanced era with so many progressive ideas, it's humbling to know that history repeats itself, especially when it works. So that's our look back on tomorrow for today. And as always, thank you for taking the time to study our boxing past together. It might, it just might, hold the key to your future. Thank you for watching this episode of Title Unboxed. If you're anything like me, you can never get too much boxing. So if you'd like to watch more episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our Title Boxing YouTube page.